Hello, you're listening to Daniel Ball Wrestling. I've not said that for quite a while. Last podcast was, I don't know what, September? You might ask, where did we go? Do you know what I mean? Thousands of followers, thousands of, tens of thousands of listens, and we just disappeared. Well, I don't know. North End, my football team. We got beat 2-0 to Blackpool, basically. It's been a tough few months since. You might say it's only football. Well, it's not to me, but yeah, enough of that. Yeah, so over Christmas... Got COVID, and I'll be honest with you, I've not really, I've been watching, like, on, well, anyway, I've been watching, like, AW, stuff like that, I've not watched any WWE except the Saudi show, I watched a little bit of Raw the other night, so yeah, my, I don't want to say my interest in wrestling has waned, just my interest in other things has sort of uh, gathered pace, like pints and um, but yeah, so on today's show, we're going to be talking about last night's AEW Beach Break show from sunny Cleveland. That is a joke because Beach Break, yeah, Beach Break, it, it sounds to everyone like that would be a summer show. Something, no, in AEW, this is a January show taking place from Cleveland where it was minus 13 degrees. You might have seen the segment with Tony Schiavone, Ricky Starks and uh, Hobbs where they are freezing still next to the beach. So yeah, bit of a weird bit of a weird um, decision to host beach break in January, but they've been doing that for a few years now. Um, I think it was in Miami the first year, weren't it? Um, last year would have obviously been in Jacksonville. I think that was the whole angle with Trent's mum coming. Trent returned, didn't he? And Chris Statlander returned, something along those lines. Um, but yeah, so in the second part of the show, we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble, previewing the Royal Rumble, as I alluded to earlier. Not really watched any WWE these last few months because it's pretty shit. But um, yeah, we're going to be previewing that. But we're going to get into it. We're going to get into AEW. And since I last did a podcast, I think it was the All Out review. We've had Brian Danielson stealing show after show. Um, we've had Hangman Page winning the AEW World Title. We've had Kenny Omega, who had had almost a year-long run. He is currently on sabbatical due to injury. I believe he had COVID also. Um, Britt Baker, still the women's champion. She's going to be approaching a year soon. Um, but yeah. So yeah, that's it. Basically, the podcast is back. I'm going to try and... We're going to basically try and get episodes. But we're going to be getting... And do you know what? As a listener, I know you need regularity. So every Friday, there's going to be probably a half an hour podcast just to get us into the swing of things. We're basically... I'm going to be talking about anything. Anything that's interesting in the world of wrestling. Obviously, next week, I will be reviewing um, the WWE Royal Rumble. I'm planning on staying in to watch it um, tomorrow night. But it's weekend... A young guy, so who knows? Maybe I'll be on the Paul Anners, but that ain't the plan so far. Um, yeah, so let's get into Beach Break and um, the show itself. The show itself now it did 1.1 million viewers, which I'm pretty sure is the highest um, viewed AEW show this year. I think um, the Hangman Page Brian Danielson when whatever that show what was that New Year's New Year's Smash Night Two. Um, I think that did around similar viewing, but this this for me was quite um, an impressive uh, viewing figure for AEW. Obviously, you had not no real involvement from the young bucks on the show. No Kenny Omega, Hangman Page wasn't in anything apart from a video package. No Brian Danielson, no John Moxley. So if you think of all those stars that I've just gone through, to get one point one million is a real real feather in the cap of AEW. Um, an interesting note that I don't know if many of you will have picked up on, but I was reading online earlier that obviously AEW moved from TNT to TBS um, at the start of January, and basically, the the Big Bang Theory, which I don't, I've never watched myself, it's been on on E4, or whatever, it's been on in the background, they're not really a fan of the show, but 
Um, they have a huge audience for that show, even though I think it's like repeats. And AW last week, for the first minute of Dynamite, there was 1.7 million viewers. Now, obviously, a lot of those are just like, just like leading from the Big Bang Theory. But as you can see this week, AW, when you heard that news, you'd think, right, well, you've got to, in that first minute of AW Dynamite, you need to do something to try and keep the viewers. And this week, that was in full flow because the, there was no entrances. It was just two ladders in the middle of the ring, Cody, Sammy, introduction, and let's get on with the match. So they did the best to keep the viewers. Um, and I think they did a decent job for that match because the average viewing figures for the Cody, Sammy, Guevara match was 1.3 million, which is... A real big success for that. The match itself, I mean, the match itself, uh, I'm guessing you've all watched. I'm, basically, with these reviews, I'm not going to go into big depth. I'm not going to be like, such a buddy hit this move, blah, 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 blah. But the match itself was fucking brilliant. I mean, I'm not really the biggest fan of ladder matches. I think that's basically because whenever I watch an Impact pay-per-view, we seem to get a six-man ladder match to open the show. Every WWE pay-per-view seems to have a multi-man ladder match. It feels like it's a rarity to actually have a one-on-one -on -one ladder matches. Um, so yeah, this was a real, real great ladder match. I mean, they wrestled to start off with. I mean, to sum it up, both wrestlers basically got a mixed reaction when it was announced at first. And by the end of this match, the crowd are going crazy for both. Um, Sammy Guevara, I mean, Cody just completely put Sammy Guevara over in this match. Sammy was unbelievable, fresh from his break in Brazil with his Fitbird Ty Conti. Um, but the bit, I liked it because... In a, in a lot of ladder matches, it's just spot, 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 spot. But this one, they started off slow, and the whole the amount of times people would try and climb the ladder, which is the whole point of a title match in a ladder match, yeah? You climb the ladder, and so many times you won't even see anyone try and climb the ladder. But this, it just flowed perfectly. There was something, there was three, basically three insane spots. I mean, you had Sammy leap off one ladder, hit an amazing cutter off Cody. I'm sure you've all seen that. The gif of that is all over Twitter. Uh, Cody hit a crossroads off the ladder. And yeah, it was just amazing. I mean, the the spot, it, those spots are just going to be replayed and replayed. Probably in the opening to Dynamite so many times. Worked out perfectly. Um, we basically had, um, you know, the Jeff Hardy ladder spot where basically he does his uh, senton off the top of the ladder. The ladder usually breaks. This ladder didn't break. And yeah, it looked really painful for Sammy, but... Sometimes the end of ladder match, I think, can be quite anticlimactical. This one, no, none of that. It was basically the both at the top. Sammy smashed the belt off Cody's head and grabbed both belts. Perfect ending. And yeah, really, really great match. Um, I've got in my notes, what a fucking match. Sammy over, huge. And I've gone 4.25 stars, which seems a little low for me because I'm saying this to a friend before, I don't think you could get a better one-on-one -on -one ladder match. I really don't. It was perfect. It achieved its objection. It got Sammy up. It was a star-making performance from for Sammy. Cody put him over. Title change. The spots were perfect. The wrestling was perfect. The use of the ladder was perfect. And yeah, I mean, people allude to great one-on-one -on -one ladder matches. What, Benoit, Jericho. And for me, this is right up there with that one from the Rumble in 2001. Um. After that, we had a Wardlow squash. Obviously, we're in Wardlow's hometown. We had an inner circle defeat in 2.0, where the match was centered around them not tagging Jericho in. We got Hangman Page versus Lance Archer confirmed for two weeks' time in the death match. And for me, 
the high, there was two highlights of the show, the Sammy Guevara ladder match and the CM Punk MJF promo. Now, in recent weeks, they basically, this Punk MJF stuff seems to have been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. We're waiting for the match. And they'd sort of trans, transport it across to the fact that I certainly, and I think other people, were more itching to see Wardlow versus MJF. Now, while that still is the case, this promo really got everyone back into it. Just, it was just great, just Punk baiting MJF, and they swerved us, because you all assumed that Punk would bait MJF into a match, but no, MJF said, look, I'm going to call you out for being a fraud, and I want a match for you next week in Chicago. So next week's Dynamite is going to be main evented, maybe they'll open it to keep those viewers that I alluded to earlier in the show from the Big Bang Theory, um, but Punk versus MJF feels like a big, big time match coming up um, next week on the show. The promo was great, ended up with a beatdown, um, the pinnacle, Wardlow, I was thinking this is the moment to turn him, this is the moment to turn him, but no, he did what he was told by MJF, hit the power bomb, and we're going to have to wait maybe until next week for that turn, and then the segment ends with MJF, sat cross-legged on CM Punk's chest, cutting a promo on him, great segment, just this is really is the highlights, AEW do these segments so well, and yeah, perfect, perfect stuff, so yeah, we had the great open, um, and then we had a great promo, which really, to me, if you get one great promo, one great match on um, a wrestling show, on a TV show, that's all you can ask for. But then the show, for me at least, really goes downhill from this moment. We got um, a match, I can't even think of it, was it Red Velvet against, um, I can't even think of a name, The Small Bird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know it's not, not the best summary, but yeah. And then this match, right, The Small Bird, we'll call her. Right, she hits a knee, and she's. It looks like a finish. She's pinning Red Velvet one, two, and she stops the pin when she had Red Velvet beaten to go into a submission where Red Velvet gets to the ropes. Meta looks so stupid, and then she goes on to win the match anyway with a roll up. It was just terrible. The match itself was terrible. Um, speaking of terrible, we got a Britt Baker promo. Now, to me, if Britt Baker's doing a ring promo, you're expecting greatness. She's from Pittsburgh. I'm guessing Pittsburgh and Cleveland are rivals. She's shitting on Cleveland. And now, the thing is, they're going on about NFL, yeah. I know, like, in America, NFL is big. But, spoiler alert, the rest of the fucking world couldn't give a flying fuck. So, the rest of the world that are watching Dynamite, I don't have a fucking clue who this other baker is. To me, it's just like, I just don't get what they're going on about. And it's just, she's babbling on, she's babbling on. And then the promo just ends. And it was just nonsensical. They're trying to get Britt Baker booed, obviously. So then you want someone to come out and stick up for Cleveland, which didn't happen, which I thought was just bizarre. So we had a shit match, shit promo. And then we go on to the main event. Orange Cassidy versus Adam Cole in a lights-out match. Now, I think this is some people have loved this match. Some people have hated this match. I didn't like it. For me, it was, it was an Adam Cole NXT plunder match. It was... A match that would have been more fitting opening Rampage, or main event in Rampage, it was, I didn't like it, I just thought it was, there's running after running, it was a bit goofy, we had, do you know what I mean, they go to the back and then they hug each other to a blood feud, a lights out match, I know it's Orange Cassidy's gimmick, which I am sort of a fan of, but Orange Cassidy just hugs him and falls off for the win, and it's like, that was the ending, I was like, I hadn't even... Put it this way, I um, started work later to watch the watch the show before work. 
and it just didn't get my interest at all. By the time I was getting into it, the match ended. I mean, Orange Cassidy beating Adam Cole. The rumours are everyone's expecting Adam Cole to challenge Hangman Page at a Revolution at the start of March. And to me, I know people have said, well, doesn't affect his record, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, if Adam Cole was going to face Hangman Page for the title in the main event of Revolution, would you book him to lose to Orange Cassidy five weeks? But I don't think you would. I'm expecting AEW to go down the route of Hangman Page versus the winner of Punk MJF next week presumably CM Punk, and you can go with Wardlow versus MJF. But we'll see, we'll see. Maybe they'll go against that, but it could be the case of when WWE book the guy. Like, the amount of times you'd have the guy who's got the money in the bank briefcase losing the opener of the show to cash it back in, but for me, that's not how AEW should be doing things, and it's not how they usually do things. Um, so, yeah, we'll see next week. I think we'll know more about the card for Revolution next week. Overall, Beach Break, as I said, great opener, classic ladder match, great promo, not a whole lot else on the show, and, yeah, I'm more excited for next week's show, really. Um, but, yeah, that Cody-Sammy Guevara match will go, it'll probably be in everyone's top 20, 30 matches of the year for 2022. But, yeah, so go and check out the Cody-Sammy Guevara match. The MJF Punk promo, and yeah, on next week's show, we will be talking, I'm sure, about CM Punk versus MJF, and we'll also have a little more, a bit more of an idea for the Revolution card, so yeah, a decent AW show, and it was a tale of two halves, great opening hour, second hour, not so much, um, so yeah, that's pretty much it, join us in part two of the podcast where we will be previewing the Royal Rumble show taking place this Saturday and talking about a huge potential return. Okay, speak to you after the break. Hey, I tell you what, Tebs, yeah? Is this not been stuck in your head all day because it's been stuck in mine? You oh. think you know who you are? You <laughs> think you know who you... Oh, it's been in my head all day. <laughs> So the big show this weekend is probably the second biggest show of the WWE calendar is, of course, the WWE Royal Rumble um, taking place from Randy Orton, Randy Orton's hometown of St. Louis, Missouri, and one of the stadiums there. I don't know, does it hold like 40,000 or something? So yeah, WWE shows are always a little bit better, I think, when they've got that stadium aspect of it. Um, obviously, the atmosphere, I've been to some of these myself, been to a few WrestleManias, obviously, the atmosphere doesn't always really re like relate on the TV, but do you know what I mean? It just adds that little bit more. It makes it feel a little bit bigger. I know they're going quite hard with the stadiums in the upcoming year with um, Money in the Bank and SummerSlam. Um, the interesting thing, I remember last year, um, I was thinking about this, is how just details really and showcases how little interest has dropped in WWE for myself in particular and others. Because remember last year, me and Tebs did a... Probably about an hour and a half live show previewing the Royal Rumble, giving all our predictions, all our, do you know what I mean? Proper deep diving, proper analysing everything. And well, I don't know. I suppose we was in somewhat what we were in lockdown last January. So there was not much, not a lot else to do. Um, pubs weren't open. Um, football wasn't really able to be attended. So yeah, interesting. Sort of weighed, as I said earlier, the last time I actually watched a WWE pay-per-view was the um, pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia. The last time I watched the Raw, except this week's Raw, was... Ugh, you're going back to the summer, 
before SummerSlam, definitely. But anyway, we're going to get into the big news um, that really everybody's been speaking about, and that is what has been leaked. I think it was Sean Ross Sapp leaked this with Fightful um, earlier in the week. Um, Brian Alvarez went on to say that he'd heard this week's gone. That is Ronda Rousey set to return in the Women's Royal Rumble match. Um, she's definitely in a match at WrestleMania, um, so obviously she's expected to be on this. I mean, she's the odds-on favourite with the bookmakers. I looked on Sky Bet. She's four to five to win this match. Obviously, if she's going to actually enter the Royal Rumble, then she she can't really not win the Rumble. I mean, she debuted, if you remember, at the Royal Rumble back in what was it? Would it be now? Twenty eighteen. 2018, she debuted, she faced... She didn't face anyone, did she, actually? She came down, I think Oscar had won that Royal Rumble and she came out and sort of confronted Oscar, which never actually came to anything. I mean, it's not like WWE, is it, to, um, you know, Ronda Rousey comes out, confronts Oscar. Did they even have a match? Did they? I don't really recall it. Um, but yeah, that never actually happened. Obviously, at WrestleMania, Oscar went on to face Charlotte, Lost their undefeated streak. They could have built Oscar up even more and had the big match against Ronda, but no. Um, Charlotte went over Oscar and Ronda Rousey had. That was their life for this. Ronda Rousey had that. One of the best debut matches you will see in um, in wrestling, really. I mean, she was absolutely fantastic um, in the match with. She teamed up with Kurt Angle to take on Triple H and Stephanie. They stole the show with that match at WrestleMania. And... So the thing is, I'm going to get into Ronda's year, because I, I firmly believe that I paid a lot of attention to this, and um, I became a big fan of Ronda during this year. I firmly believe that Ronda had one of the best opening years in WWE since Brock Lesnar. Um, I've seen a lot of people criticise this on Twitter, on social media, and it's like, a lot of people are saying, oh, Ronda Rousey, she's come back, she's going to steal the spotlight off, off the people who are the here all the time, the full-timers. That your Bianca Belair's, your Rhea Ripley's. And well, what I want to say is, right, WWE are not... Ronda Rousey is a star. Make no mistake about it, she's a star, she's a draw. She's going to bring people in. She's certain, for someone now, I've become somewhat of a WWE casual, if I could even be classed as that. And that is someone who's spent thousands and thousands of pounds to travel to WrestleManias throughout the years. And I've basically become less than a casual viewer. But as soon as I found out Ronda Rousey was going to return, I was interested. I'm really interested in the singles match that has been rumoured to happen against Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. Um, so yeah, so for people like me who don't watch week to week, I'm going to be honest, I couldn't give a flying fuck who Bianca Belair faces at WrestleMania. And neither could WWE. So all the people on Twitter, you might not want to hear this, I'm sure I'm going to get pelters for this, but Bianca Belair won the Royal Rumble last year at WrestleMania. Uh, won the Royal Rumble last year, didn't she? She went on to main event WrestleMania and went over probably the best female wrestler in WWE in the main event of night one, yeah. What's she doing now? Is she any higher up the card? Is she actually any higher up the card than she was a year ago? I don't think so. I mean, I watched Raw. She was, what, in a tag team match with Carmella on the opposite side of the ring? As I say, I was on my phone after the show because the show was crap, but I'm something like that. So you can say, oh, Ronda's going to steal a spot that Bianca would have took. Becky would have faced Bianca at WrestleMania. I'm sorry, but no casual viewer is going to... I'm not going to ring up my mate and go, all right, Dave, um, hey, it's Becky against Bianca at WrestleMania. He's going to be like, I, couldn't, I don't really care. Yes, yeah, sure, for the hardcore WWE fans, that would be a big match, yeah? I'm not saying it'd be a bad match. It'd probably be a good match. In fact, it would be a good match. But my point is, 
if if you ring up someone who maybe is a casual viewer of WWE and say, oh, main event for Mania is uh, Ronda against Becky. They're actually finally paying off Becky having that win over Ronda, if you can even call it a win, in the main event of Mania three years ago. Oh, sound, I'll, I'll tune in and watch that match. It appeals to me, and it definitely appeals to the casual viewers. So to me, anyone who's criticising WWE's decision to have Ronda face Becky at WrestleMania, and I'm one who loves to shit on WWE, I think you need to... Really, I just need to get a grip. Because, I'm sorry, you've got Becky versus Ronda, a match that... Let's face it, they've, we've been wanting... Well, people were clamouring for this singles match going all the way back to Survivor Series in 2018. You know, the world has changed a lot then, but this match is still going to be a big match, and that match would main event one of the nights of WrestleMania, probably night one. Um, so yeah, that, that is a match that really I hope takes place. It's be a great coup for WWE if indeed Ronda has gone back. I mean, obviously I prefer AEW to WWE. I would like to see um, Ronda Rousey in AEW. But, but, are the matches there? The only big match that Ronda could have if she did go to AEW... Brit, that would feel like a big match. That could main event at pay-per-view. Maybe Thunder Rosa. But really, is there anyone else? That I know everyone's... The women's division in AEW has improved. But it's still... No matter what you say about WWE, for me, one of the best things about WWE is its women's division. You've got Sasha, who is just excellent. You've got Charlotte, who no matter what anyone says, is brilliant. You've got Becky Lynch, who... Becky Lynch, let's get into Becky Lynch, right? So, for some bizarre reason, Becky Lynch wanted to be a heel. Yeah, she came back and she had a kid. Yeah, she was over before she went. She was over as she was a year before she went, but she was over when she went. Yeah, she came back. It was a no-brainer to make her a baby face. She should be a rock of the women's division. Do you know what I mean? It should just be. She's. I don't know. She's your top woman. Yeah, she should be baby face. Instead, now Ronda's coming back, and Ronda is not going to be a baby face. Yeah, it's just not. The fans, WWE fans, are not going to take to her, as we saw last time when they all turned on her after that match um, with Charlotte in LA at Survivor Series, right? So, the fact that Becky Lynch is a heel just shows how little... Everyone's like, oh, the story, WWE always... You know what I mean? Just give it time, let the story pay out. Bollocks, yeah? If, if WWE had planned all along for Ronda to main event WrestleMania against Becky, Becky would not have been a heel for the last five months. And I, I've not watched any of it, but I think I watched... I watched the match. She had a match with someone in Saudi where she was dressed from head to toe. She was heel. And I'm thinking, actually, I watched SummerSlam where she returned. It's like she came in, she cashed in against Bianca, and it was just. Becky Lynch should be a babyface. Much like Seth Rollins should be a babyface, but she's not, babe. She will be by the time WrestleMania comes around, if indeed she's going to face Ronda Rousey. But I just don't get WWE fans' problems. Ronda Rousey had a great first year. As I said, that tag team match at Mania. In New Orleans, match of the night. She got one of the best matches you're ever going to see out of Nia Jax at Money in the Bank. She won the title off Alexa Bliss at SummerSlam. She had a great match with Charlotte at Survivor Series. She had a great match with Bailey on a Monday Night Raw. She had a great, probably the match of the night at that year's Royal Rumble. Um, what would it be now? Three years ago at Royal Rumble against Sasha Banks. She had a great first year and I don't understand the complaints about it. I'm delighted that she's back. And it, as I say, for someone who has been less than a casual viewer the last six months of WWE, it makes me interested in the build to WrestleMania because quite frankly, at the moment, I couldn't give a rat's ass about it. Um, but with that said, I, I mean, look at this way. I, I, a couple of years ago, I'd stay up and watch every Monday Night Raw till 4am. 
this, what was it, day one or whatever, I've still not even bothered to watch it. I didn't watch Survivor Series. I've got a wrestling podcast and I didn't watch Survivor Series. Didn't watch day one. I didn't even realise they didn't do a TLC. And it's just like, they need people like Ronda Rousey to draw people like me back. They need, like the match, this card is actually a really good card, to be honest. I mean, we've got Brock versus Lashley, a match that I can't believe took this long to take place. Um, that's going to be a really interesting match, although it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Brock's going to win because you're expecting him to face Roman Mania. The only thing is, though, obviously Brock's one champion. Roman is facing Seth Rollins. He's the champion on the other brand, and it's like, are they going to merge the brands and just have one title? That would, for me, be the sensible thing to do. We've seen how paper thin the rosters are. Brock, I mean, uh, Roman was scheduled to face Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble. Drew gets injured and they couldn't even get anyone off the SmackDown brand. They had to draft in Seth Rollins from Raw. And it's like, do you know what I mean? People forget the whole reason why Raw and SmackDown were separate brands was because WWE had no competition. So they thought, let's create competition amongst ourselves, Raw versus SmackDown. And over the years, that has just been watered down, barely now. No, there's no, there's no one, there's no red and blue brand competing against each other. Make no mistake about it. WWE are competing against AEW against Monday Night Football, or against sleep, apparently, as Nick Khan famously once said. Um, but yeah, as I said, they need to end the brand split. So I'm hoping that Roman retains, Brock retains, we get Brock versus Roman at Mania, on night two of Mania, merge the titles, probably give Roman the win. Um, because, what, we, they faced, this will be the third time they faced at WrestleMania. I've been there for the other two, so I'm a bit sad I'm not going to be there for this. Well, I'm not really. But, um, oh well, we'll see. But, yeah, the first match, obviously, Rollins cashed in the money in the bank. The second match, Lesnar, after all that build went over, uh, Roman Reigns. So, yeah, you'd think Roman would get his win here. I know they had that match in Saudi with the fuck finish. But, yeah, so Rollins and Reigns, they had a great match at Money in the Bank 2016. So, I'm sure those two will have a good match. Probably end with a load of fuckery at the end of it. Brock versus Lashley, I'm intrigued to see what they can do. Um, so yeah, so we should get two good matches out of that. The Raw, the Men's Royal Rumble, sorry. Um, I've not really been paying much attention. I've said I think, I don't know, I'll have a look what the favourites are here. Let me have a look. Um, Sky, but I mean, I've, I've heard that, um, is it Big E? Big E's the favourite to win this, obviously. They took the title off him. Um, I don't know, was it a day one with Lesnar? I mean, the plan was originally to take that off him. Maybe they'll have Rollins beat Reigns and then Lash and then um, Big E can win the Rumble and face him. Um, who knows? But let's have a look. Sky Bet, Men's Royal Rumble. Great audio here. Um, but I'll just get into my picks for the women's one. The women one, I say, if Ronda Rousey's in that Royal Rumble, she wins that Royal Rumble. No chance. Yeah. So looking at this, Sky Bet actually don't seem to know who. The um, winner of the men's Royal Rumble will be the favourite, and it's not nowhere near even odds on. We've got Brock Lesnar at five to two. So by the looks of that, they're thinking that maybe Bobby Lashley's going to win that match. Brock Lesnar then goes into the Rumble, wins the Rumble, and faces Roman Reigns. I'm not sure if they'll go that way. We've got so Lesnar's favourite, but in no means odds on. Um, Big E is four to one. Third favourite AJ Styles, Lashley ten to one. Roman Reigns 10 to 1, Drew McIntyre 10 to 1. So, yeah, really, um, the Rock at 12 to 1 can't see that. Um, so, yeah, really unpredictable from that. So, let's have a look. So, they're basically Skybet are trying to say Brock Lesnar's going to win the Rumble. They're thinking that Lesnar is going to lose to Bobby Lashley. Can't see that. There's no way they're going to have Lashley go over um, Lesnar. 
I think Sky better have got that wrong there, but hey, might even have a do at this, although I don't really bet so much anymore. Um, so look, Lesnar. No, Lesnar's four to seven on, so I don't really get those odds at all. Um, but yeah, Ronda Rousey's four to five favourites win the Women's Royal Rumble. And um, other matches, we've got Edge and Beth Phoenix against Miz and Maurice. I think I've already seen that. I was there live at WrestleMania 33, where we saw Cena and Nikki Bella. We know how that match goes. Maybe they can deliver a better match. I'm not, I'm not going to be banking on it. Don't really care for this match. I'm sure it'll be entertaining. Um, we've got Becky Lynch versus Dewdrop. That screams filler title match if I ever saw one. Not really seen much of Dewdrop on the main roster. Last time I seen her, she was knocking about with uh, that bird with Ginger Air. Um, Eva Marie, Red Air, sorry. Um, but yeah, so I'm not really interested in that match. The big match, I'm looking forward to seeing our Lashley and uh, Brock deliver, hopefully. I don't want him to go f 20 minutes. Just give us like a seven or eight minute bang, bang, bang sort of match. Don't need to see either of those two selling. And I think that's what it'll be. I think it'll be a short match, but a good match. Rollins range probably give us 20, 25 minutes of that. And then we've got both Rumble matches, which are usually good. We've got the intrigue of Mickey James in the um, Women's Royal Rumble. Wonder if she'll. People are saying that she'll just be dumped in a minute, but I think they'll use Mickey as quite. You know what I mean? Someone to like organise the match, talk people through the match. Um, but yeah, surprises. I mean, Bailey's Bailey going to return? Um, Mustafa Ali, he obviously wants that. Could he possibly in the Rumble? Um, the speculation and the well, it's been is Cody going to be in the Rumble? No, he's not. Is John Moxley going to be in the Royal Rumble? No, he's not. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get some big surprises. Who knows? Quite, it's quite exciting. I'm, it's not often I look forward to a WWE pay per view, but for the first Saturday night in a fucking long time, I'm going to do my best to stay in and watch this pay per view. Golden Cross, no more. I'll be in the. I'll be watching the Royal Rumble here. Although the pub around the corner are actually showing the uh, show but I think I'll probably watch it at home but yeah that's your Royal Rumble preview as I say we will review the show on next week's uh, episode of the podcast so yeah look forward to that and hopefully they deliver a good pay-per-view